Good morning. Welcome to Missing Pieces. Today we're going to discuss some more things about Lent. As you know, we are getting ready to go into Palm Sunday, which would be tomorrow. And after this season of Lent and Ramadan, for those who are um, religious and they they practice Ramadan, um, we're going to then continue the book that we started the first of the year, which is the essentialism. So how many of you can remember your fondest memory of Easter? Can you remember the time when your mother or your grandmother would dress everyone up in the same dress and the boys wore the same thing as well? And then after Sunday um, service, um, everybody, all the kids will go outside with their baskets and they will go around and look for the Easter eggs. Back then, they were real Easter eggs. And then there were um, little decorated bags of candy. I remember those fondest times. And I can remember my mother dressed all five of my sisters up in the exact same dress, but different colors. Different color dress, different color socks, different color shoes, different color bonnet, and different color little purses. But it was the exact same thing. And we went through that for many, many years until my mom passed over um, into uh, heaven. And even as a young adult, she would still get us the same thing for Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day. But the only thing that was different was birthday. We all received something different for our birthday. And so as you sit back and you reflect you, the good times that you had growing up as a child, remember um, those good days. Hold on to those good memories because those good memories um, will help you in the days to come. And, you know, there are some people who, um, as Easter Sunday comes, you know, starts to come, um, some people like to take a sunrise hike. And I know that there are some churches, they do sunrise service or sunrise breakfast. They're up at the crack of dawn and they're hiking or they're eating breakfast. And then when that sun comes up, hallelujah, praise God, they know that he has risen. That's their symbolic way of recognizing who God is. And then some people, as it gets close to Easter, they plant a new, um, um, they fix up their garden. My mother used to do that. She would plant fresh roses. She would plant, it, I can't think of the name of them, but they're the big puffy things. And and on them, they each have little stems or something. They weren't lilies, it was something else. And I'm sorry that I don't remember, but she would always plant a garden. Yes. But one thing we didn't do, we didn't do a diorama, which is, you know, creating the scene of Easter. We never did that. You know, she never did that. And there, then there are some people who would do a thank you 
uh, card or a thank you balloon, and then they would release that up in the air. Well, you can't do that now, not especially not here in the Hampton Roads area, because you'll get in trouble. You'll, you know, you'll get a fine. And uh, so you can't release any balloons in the air. And then there's other people um, who prepare themselves for Easter. They they do it in a, a feeling of remembrance. You know, it's a time that you remember. You, you, you instigate your reflection. And it's like scripture in 1 Corinthians uh, um, 11 and 24. It says, do this in remembrance of me. That's what Jesus Christ said. And then after that, you know, while you're remembering that, you, you, you do communion. And I, I'm not sure what, you know, what your religion does, but we do communion and you drink the cup and you eat the bread and it gives you a, some time to pause and focus specifically on Jesus and his sacrifice. We don't think about ourselves. We think about what he's done. We get into a posture of repentance. We are, we are in, um, uh, what, how do I want to say it? We have to remember that it is our need for repentance. And even though, you know, um, we believe in Christ and his work and, and, and what he has done for us, we still have to be in that posture of remembrance. We got to remember when uh, Jesus was sent on a rescue mission. Hallelujah. Mm. He rescued me. He rescued you. And he's constantly rescuing others. He's still rescuing me. He's still helping me. He's still rescuing you. And that's his mission. And so that mission brings me back to life. It's resurrection. It's repentance. And now when it comes to the resurrection, you know, we know that Jesus came and he departed. And he rose from the dead. And we know that God is still working. He is resurrecting hearts that were once dead. He is bringing people back to life, even physically, mentally, and spiritually. And it's not just about the eternal. It's about what's happening now. You know? And for us to remember and put ourselves in a posture of repentance, it's important to recognize the repentance and the resurrection. And then, you know, as we move along, you know, to prepare ourselves for Easter, you know, there may be a couple of people that you might have forgot. And these characters played an intricate part in Jesus's life and his journey. Let's start with one, Simon of Syrian. Now, you know that Simon, he was the man that carried Jesus's cross, excuse me, to Golgotha. And even though he was a criminal, he still recognized who God was. And Syrian, which is now located in uh, modern-day uh, Libya, some people thought that Simon may have been a dark-skinned black man who 
at one point came to worship in Jerusalem for Passover. And many Jews lived in Syrian at that time. But however, you know, in Mark 15 and 21, it states that Simon had brought his son, Alexander Rufus, along with him to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. So if you want to remember anything, remember that Simon of Syrian was the one who carried Jesus's cross to Golgotha. That was probably one of the most prolific and powerful testimony and a witness that anybody could ever be a part of. And it is also stated that in um, the book of Romans, I think it was uh, 16 and 13, where Apostle Paul wrote, greet Rufus, who was chosen in the Lord, and also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. So they remembered that Rufus was the son of Simon of Syria. And then it was the centurion who was at Jesus' tomb. Now, centurion means captain of a hundred. So he was a powerful man uh, within the Roman government. And he knew that it was something about Jesus Christ. And when Jesus uh, cried out in humanity, I thirst, he felt God's, Jesus Christ's agony when he screamed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This centurion felt the compassion also when he heard Jesus pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. I have been in that situation. I could literally hear God telling me, forgive her, because she doesn't know what she's doing. And then he grants me mercy. So truly, the centurion knew that he was the son of God. Then there was the apostle John. We all know about John. You know, John was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, you know, uh, many um, scriptures give account of, 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 of Peter and other disciples. But it was John who um, was present during Jesus Christ's crucifixion. And you can find that in June, uh, excuse me, John 19.26. And from the, uh, from the cross, mm -mm -mm, Jesus spoke to them and said, woman here, woman here is your son to let him know that I am here. Here is your mother, he said to John. In other words, God, Jesus Christ was giving his mother Mary permission to be mother over John. And when they tried to crucify John, uh, I believe it was John who wanted to be crucified upside down because he felt like he wasn't worthy to be crucified upright. I'm not sure if that's if that if it was John or if it was uh, Joseph of Arimathea, but um, as we go along, maybe I will might I might have to correct that. And then uh, Joseph of or excuse me, Joseph of Arimathea, Joseph mm, was like Nicodemus. Joseph was a secret disciple. Good God Almighty. Have you ever been a secret weapon in the kingdom of God? Nobody knows anything about you, but you can, when you get down on your knees and you pray and you speak those things, 
that be not as though they were, and you allow the heavens to come down and answer people prayer, and yet you walk around like you are a nobody, but you're that secret weapon. That's who Joseph was. Joseph of Arimathea, he was a secret disciple. And Joseph demonstrated much courage, excuse me, courage after Christ's death. He risked ridicule from his peers. He endangered his wealth. He was exposed from the council. And he was petitioned by Pontius Pilate to be crucified. But Joseph Arimathea purchased a linen shroud. Let me back up. He petitioned Pontius Pilate for Christ's body. And he purchased the most expensive linen shroud and took Jesus' body from the cross and transported it into his own tomb. There he and Nicodemus quickly anointed the body with burial spices and placed it in Joseph's tomb. Wow. Joseph goes down in the cast of character as a man who voted his conscience. How many people do we know that's doing that right now that are voting their conscience? Now let's get to Pilate's wife. Pilate's wife had a dream and she specifically told him, do not have anything to do with that innocent man. For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. And you can find that in Matthew 27, 19. But the scripture goes on to say that Pilate, he didn't listen to him. Instead, he chose to ignore his wife's advice. Like Jesus of Arimathea. Hmm. There are so many powerful women in the Bible. And Pilate's wife is only one recorded person who spoke up against the decision to kill Jesus Christ. So, how are you feeling today? Do you feel that you are far from God as you get close to Easter? As you get close to Easter? How are you feeling? Do you feel that even though people around you are saying, yes, he's going to, he is risen, God is alive, he is not dead, but yet you don't feel nowhere close to him? And that could be because you're facing some things, um, you're facing truth and your your current feelings are being tested and you are not part of that mountaintop high that we all feel, but that's okay. You know, everybody's not going to feel what you feel and everybody's not going to feel how I feel. I mean, I, I just hope that what I'm saying today that you know, I have that voice and that sound will help you draw closer to God, even though you may feel that you are far from God during this Easter. It's all based on your Christian faith. Share your feelings with God, including your doubts and your fears. Tell him about your cares. Tell him everything. And you can read scripture, First Peter 5 and 7, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Get yourself a journal, a prayer journal. Write those things down. 
you don't have to have fancy talk to talk with God. Just be real. You can follow God even if you can't. You, now, let me back that up. How do you expect to follow God when you're not being honest? And the funny thing about it is he knows everything. I'm telling you guys, he knows everything. Another way that you can draw close to God is that you have to believe that the truth that he is not far off, regardless of what your emotions may tell you. You know, sometimes life, you know, can be hard and it seems like there's no relief from the pain. But I'm going to tell you that we all go through a season of that. And it's it's tough. I get it. I've been there. I'm going through it now. I'm dealing with a Crohn's flare-up. And last week was horrendous. And I stuck with it and I prayed and I went through it. And today is a good day because I know that I am in the presence of God and I am doing what I love to do best. And when you have those times that you don't feel close, it's okay. You know, God is close to all of the brokenhearted. He he rescues us. He, 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 he's there with us. And that's in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to all who will call on him. Excuse me. And that's in Psalm 145, 18, excuse me, 18 through 19. And then you can ask God to reveal anything in your life, including sinful habits, thoughts or patterns that may be separating you from him. Ask him and you shall receive. He tells us to ask. We are supposed to ask. And then you can ask um, someone that you trust, a Christian friend, or to, to pray you through this. It says, when two or three are gathered, there I shall be. If you are not strong enough, then you call on those who are. That's what I had to do. I had to call on my sisters and my intercessors to cover me because I, I wasn't sleeping. The pain was terrible and it's still there, but it's dormant right now. And I thank God for that. And then you keep seeking, please keep believing and you watch his promises will come true despite of all of your uh, emotions. You know, we can't go by our emotions all the time because it'll trick us. Those emotions will tear us up. The enemy will flip-flop us upside down, left and right. One minute, it's almost as if you're bipolar and you're not. Don't trust on your emotions, but trust on the living God or whoever your higher power may be. Be still and let God do the work to heal and bring those answers. Continue to believe in his trustworthiness, never failing promises. We may not feel close to God, but he is still there. I'm telling you, he's still there. And we're thankful that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can find that scripture in Hebrews 13, 18. I pray that Easter, you'll be able to celebrate and be rejoiced. Now, what about those who, you know, those disciples who have failures? And um, let me retract that. 
when we think about what the disciples did and they failed at it, it gives us hope for today. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, there were disappointing disasters. And let's give, let me give you an example. The last week of Jesus's life was not a good one for Jesus' disciples. We would not be surprised they didn't do all that they were doing during the first three and a half years later. It took them three and a half years later to get it right. Philip was up in the upper room. He was panicking because he was unsure whom Jesus really was. Peter denied him. Judas betrayed him. Thomas doubted. And then they all fell asleep while Jesus went to go pray in the garden. And at the cross, all the disciples deserted him and fled. They were scared to death. They left. They fled. And Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem. Instead, what did they do? What did the um, disciples do? They went back to the Sea of Galilee and returned to their fishing business. That was a big disappointment. And there is no doubt this was the most depressed moment of Jesus's ministry. He didn't even ask his disciples, you're not going away too far, are you? Expecting the answer to be no, of course not. But yet and still, they left. They weren't there. This was a very low point of Jesus's ministry. And can you imagine how he felt when his closest friend misunderstood, criticized, denied, betrayed him and left him alone, all alone on the cross? But yet and still, he did it for us. And all because of their rejection and their betrayal and the disappointment and the hurt Guess what? The disciples weren't perfect either, but it took them three years to perfect. And then what happened was many of Jesus's disciples uh, was martyred. James was martyred. Matthew, he gave up his financial security to follow Jesus Christ. Philip was born in Bethsaida and he was hanged in by, by Geria. And Bartholomew, he was skinned alive in Armenia. And Andrew, he uh, took up the gospel to Russia. Um, and he was crucified in Greece. Thomas criticized for his doubt. He carried the gospel to East India, where he was run through with a lance. Thaddeus was shot to death with bows and arrows in Beirut, uh, Lebanon. And Simon the Zilliot was a member of the Jewish Nationalistic Party. Peter went as far as Rome, and he was crucified. That's it. It was Peter who was crucified, but he requested to be upside down. I knew it was someone. I knew it was either one or the other. You know, thank you, God, for bringing this back to my remembrance. And then John, he died in his 90s while he was on the Isle of Patmos writing the gospel. So, in other words, what they went through, it was in order for us to be transformed. We are not going to be perfect. We thank God for the resurrection. We are not going to be perfect. And those disciples was, um, how can I say that? They were on the potter's wheels for over three years for their perfection. And when they became perfected, 
they became a, um, uh, uh, how can I say, they were feared and reverenced at the same time, revered at the same time. Because in, when they were not there, when Christ was crucified, it taunted them. It, it did. It made them realize when they were in the upper room, hey, we got a call. We got a calling on our life. What are we going to do with it? So as you are remembering, as we are preparing for Palm Sunday tomorrow, remember that um, the Holy Week, mm, that on the Sunday before his crucifixion, that our Lord and Savior was welcomed into Jerusalem with coats and branches laid at his feet and people were praising him, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, or save us. Today, when we shout Hosanna, we are recognizing that Jesus came to be our personal Savior, to save us from the penalties of sin. So on tomorrow, Palm Sunday, as we celebrate Jesus, triumphal try his triumphal entry into Jerusalem we are lifting our hosannas to the one and only one who we trust and save our lives and then on Thursday after Palm Sunday is Monday Thursday and I'm going to celebrate that by going to my church they have set it up that each part and this is a big sanctuary at each room, we are going to see uh, from the week prior to Psalm, excuse me, Palm Sunday until the death and resurrection. And I am ready for it. I'm taking my son with me. He doesn't know it, but he's going with me because I want him to experience it. I want him to know that God loves him. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be able to share that with you guys on next Saturday as we prepare for Easter. And then, you know, after, let's get back to my subject. After God was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane in the late hours, Thursday night into Friday morning, he was then uh, betrayed by Judas and arrested. And then over those next few hours, Jesus was abandoned. He was falsely accused, beaten, mocked, and condemned to death. It was saying, crucify him. Yet, knowingly what laid ahead of him. He stood there silently and humbly. How many times have you knew that you would be falsely accused and people were talking about you, but you, you silently didn't say anything. You let God fight your battle. Well, that's what he did. So as we remember the Holy Week, the only one who was true holy is Jesus Christ. I want to thank you guys for listening and sharing uh, the steps about Jesus as he goes into Palm Sunday. Can you just imagine seeing him walking through Jerusalem on tomorrow and they are laying down palm at his feet and he knows what's ahead, but yet it says, not thy will, Father, but thy will be done. I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you for a deeper meaning of this day. We thank you, God, that it's all about Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, that you're shifting our eyes from what the world 
says to celebrate through what you have done for us. We thank you, Jesus, for going on a rescue mission to save me, to save the one that is listening, to save their family, to save those who are in need. We thank you, God, that you brought each of us back to life so sin and death is no more, no longer part of our story. In this season, God, we thank you because I am reminded and we are reminded of the need for you. Now, Father, help us to see Easter in a fresh eyes. Reveal yourself to us in new ways, oh God. Show us, God, how to be bold, courageous, faithful disciples who love and serve you well in the name of Jesus. And Father God, sometimes we admit that we are far from you, disconnected from your heart. But in this season, God, remind us of what is true. Speak louder than the lies, God, as we celebrate you as the risen powerful and being controlled over all things. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we like your disciples, we have denied you and we have uh, betrayed you, God. We have doubted you in so many ways and we've deserted you. But God, somehow we always find our way back to you because your hand is always stretching out to give us grace and mercy. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you are the Holy One, true and holy, 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 holy. And we want to be reflecting on you this week as we follow your journey, God, to the cross. Now, Lord God, we give you thanks for you are good and your mercy is endless. We are here, God, to start the Holy Week. And this week, God, we will remember you with the passion and the death of your resurrection. And God, we pray that you will not allow anything to distract us, oh God. And as God, God, as we turn our eyes now to the one who comes in your name, the one who opens up the gates of righteousness, the one who answers when we call, we bless your name, God. We thank you for the shining light upon us, God, and for sending your son, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. Now open our eyes, God, so that we can see you coming. Hallelujah. And we give praise to you, God, with a pure heart, and that we may be able to walk in your ways, God, give us the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Now, God bless their going out and their coming in. Protect them, oh God, and their family. I want to thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry I went over a few minutes, um, but um, it was necessary. May you have a blessed day. May you enjoy time with your family. May you uh, reflect and be in remembrance of the resurrection of what God did because you are alive because God is with you. It is nothing that you have done. It is nothing that I have done. It is by the grace of God that we are still here. Now, God, I ask that you heal anybody who's listening under the sound of my voice, that you would touch their body right now, God, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. May you deliver them, God, just like the woman who reached out through all of the crowd just to touch the hem of your garment, and instantly she was made whole. Bring healing to us, oh God, in the name of Jesus, amen. Please subscribe to this broadcast wherever you are listening and uh, shoot me an email and in the subject box, just put in podcast. I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much and you have a good rest of your day.